wrestling fans, are you ready? Yes! 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 For the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world, uh, let's get ready to rumble! Now, please welcome at this time your hosts, Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau. You're listening to the next era of wrestling radio. This is Wrestle Rant Radio. Back in WrestleRant Radio, the penultimate episode of 2023 for December 21st, 2023. Graham Houston Matthews here. As always, joined by Mr. Marceau, the head elf himself. Mr. Marceau, brother, how you doing? The head elf himself. I don't know if that's a good thing or not, but I'm doing good. <laughs> Before we get into anything else, I got to ask you, what were your thoughts on Wonka last week, brother? Greatest cinematic movie ever, man. Wow. Where does it rank for you as far as best movies you've seen this year? Because I know Fast X is probably up there as well. That you can think of. Tough question. Yeah. The best movies I've seen this year? Kid always asks me hard questions I'm not ready for. (laughs) I know. I probably should have prepared you for this one. What the fuck? Um, Best movies I've seen this year. It's tough. I know you saw Fast. I, mean, I, I saw... saw Fast 10. I really like Fast 10. I've seen a ton of movies this year. I feel like I just don't remember all of them. Fast 10 was good. Um, Wish was good. I really liked Wish. Mm-hmm. Um, Wonka was good. I'm trying to think what else we've seen this year. Elemental was good, but it wasn't among my favorite like movies this year. Did you see Elemental or no? No, I don't believe so. For me, top five for me personally, I know I know you saw it as well, the Mario movie. Fucking love the Mario oh, movie. Oh, Super Mario movie was so fucking good. I yeah. didn't know if that was this year or last year. Yeah, no, it all blends together. No, that was April. Like, that was like, I literally was just looking to see if Top Gun Maverick came out this year. I mean, it's the greatest <laughs> movie ever fucking made. Watch it again last night. The movie's so good. Oh, my God. Yeah. That is, a, I, the funniest thing, and I'm sure I've said this before, but... You, you were talking about that movie so long to me for like a whole ass year after it came out. And I just didn't, not that I didn't want to see it. I didn't see it when it first came out because I didn't see the first movie, the original Top Gun from like 30, 40 years ago. And then we finally, it was on my watch list, but I, which I try to definitely get, if I write something down on there, I'm, I have the OCD to like definitely do it. So I, I was going to make a point to watch it. We finally watched it earlier this year. It's not a movie that came out in theaters this year, but as far as one of the best movies I've seen this year, period, that would definitely be on the list. That was a great movie. Oh, fucking classic. Watched again last night. Like, this movie's so fucking good. It's good, it's good every, it's like one of those movies I could watch a hundred times. It's yeah. Great. I got to watch it on like the biggest screen possible or something. I mean, uh, I mean, I just regret not seeing it in a theater. That's my only regret. I saw it twice in theater. <laughs> uh, tw- I thought it was three times, or did you almost go to see it three times? I saw it at the drive-in, too. Uh, so technically three times, just not an actual yeah, technically theater. technically three times. Ugh. I'm trying to think what else came out this year that I saw. Super Mario Bros. is really good, too. Yeah, I'm trying to think what else I would have seen that you would have also seen. I'm trying to think. There were no like big Pixar movies aside from Elemental. I'm trying to think, what else did I even watch this year? You didn't see uh, Megan, <laughs> the horror movie that came out at the beginning of the year? It actually wasn't that bad. No. Uh, Thanksgiving I'm looking at a list here. I want to see the uh, Gran Turismo movie. I haven't seen it yet. I want to see that one. Gran Turismo? Yeah. 
I've heard of that. What is that? It's a video game, but like I guess it's like based on a true story that they used um, like the game to then get like someone to become a racer. It's like a simulation. It's like a hard simulation video game. Oh, like okay, okay. Gotcha. Um, did you did see Creed that? Three come out this year? Creed Three, I think, did come out the be. It was either yeah, late last year or early yep, this yep, year. Yep, yep. I saw Creed Three. Creed Three was good too. Okay, I haven't seen those movies. I gotta watch those. Those are good movies. Um, but like you said, often went off the top of my head. I would say Super Mario Brothers. Creed Three was good. Um, did you watch Barbie? No, I've not seen Barbie. I didn't see what the other one either. Fucking Oppenheimer. Yeah. I want to, but. I don't have three hours right now to give to watch that movie. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Little yeah, Mermaid came I out this year, too. I would say Super Mario was the best. Um, Wonka was good, like you said. I liked Wish. Creed 3. All right. That's a good list. That's a good list. You didn't see um, uh, Little... You saw Little Mermaid, didn't you? Uh, I've seen... I have seen it, yes. Okay. That was a good movie, but it wasn't, like, my favorite movie of the year. Good, not great. No, it was good. There, there's been other better Disney remakes. I mean, don't get me started. <laughs> don't get you started on Beauty and the Beast. I think you really like that one, don't you? Aladdin. Aladdin's my favorite remake. Right. Beauty right. and the Beast is good, too. You said Mulan was trash, though. Oh, they changed the story. <laughs> Yeah, I love Mulan, the animated, the remake. I, I watched the first five minutes, so I can't do this to myself. I, I probably got to watch it just to say that I've seen it and compare because they watched the original Mulan in full, as I told you at the time, uh, about three years ago during COVID, and it, it was obviously a very good movie. I got to watch the uh, remake. I still have yet to see I'll, I'll watch the Aladdin one first before I watch Mulan. I can't do the Mulan one. Like I said they changed the story up. There's not, like, I can't do it. I can't do it. I think it's going to kill the original for me, so I'm just not, I, like, refuse to watch it. Oh, you haven't even I, seen it? Okay. I saw the first five minutes and said, no, no, Moss. I can't, <laughs> I can't do it to myself. It's going to ruin the original for me, so. Yeah. I think in 24, 25, they're doing the Moana fucking live action. I mean, the movie just came out, but. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I definitely think, yeah. down to see that. I know, I'm very, that's, you with Mulan is me with Lilo and Stitch. When they remake that in a couple of years, I am very skeptical about that. I mean, they got a good cast from what they announced earlier this year, but, man, I am very skeptical that it's going to be any good. I don't know. That sounds like it's going to be trash. You did, did you see Haunted Mansion or no? See what? Haunted Mansion. No. I, I think you guys would like that, being Disney people. Maybe. I haven't seen it, but... It's on Disney Plus. You could, you know, it's, it's maybe like an hour and a half. If it's like two hours, and maybe not. But I, I like the shorter movies personally. I've done the ride at Disney. Does that count? Yeah, I know. That's why I thought you might like the movie because I know you guys have done the ride before. So yeah, we'll see. I don't know what else is really coming out in 2024. I know there's a few good ones, but I don't know. I think they're saving the bigger stuff for uh, 2025. I know the, uh, uh, the the writer's strike and everything else kind of set it back. So. We'll see, but uh, we'll save the movie talk for another day. Obviously, we have a lot to get to, not only today, but next week. We'll record a little bit early. The polls do close next Wednesday, which is going to be December 27th. Yeah, like midnight. Like So Tuesday going into Wednesday. I confuse myself sometimes, but Tuesday going into Wednesday, I'll close the polls, tally up the votes and everything. You can still vote right now in the 2023 WWE AEW Year in Review Awards. The Match of the Year, Wrestler of the Year, Feud of the Year, all this other big sort of shit, so check it out. And uh, polls will wrap up on Wednesday, so get your votes in now while you can. And we'll talk all about it here on the final episode of 2023 next week here on the show. But before we get to that, though, new episodes, of course, every single week. WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Amazon Music, and Pandora. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss a new episode 
every single week. So we recorded, obviously, last week, Mr. Marceau, on Thursday. Friday is when everything kind of, like, went to shit with, like, a whole bunch of news dropping, including uh, Liv Morgan getting arrested, which sounds worse than it actually is. It was for uh, a weed bust, I guess is what you would call it, getting busted with marijuana, like, a certain amount of it in, like, a baggie or something on Thursday, but it came out on Friday. One of the best mugshots I've ever seen, by the way. And obviously, not obviously, but reportedly, there's no heat on Morgan for it, which is good, because it's really not that big of a deal. I was today years old when I learned that uh, marijuana was still um, illegal, I guess, in Florida, or at least maybe that amount of it. Maybe she was driving while high. I'm not exactly sure, but um, doesn't seem like it was that big of a deal. WWE has uh, no heat on her for it, which is great. So just talking about that, your reaction to the news, and also the news that it seems like, kind of on the topic of Morgan, PW Insider reported from a few days uh, from a few days ago on that same sentence as far as her being arrested, that when she comes back, she might be in line for a bigger push heading into WrestleMania season. We don't know when she's due back event, uh, you know, exactly. She might be back in the Women's Rumble. That would be perfect timing. Uh, your thoughts on the Liv Morgan incident from a few days ago and what you could see her doing upon a return of the ring in early 2024? Yeah, I mean, the arrest itself, like I said at first, I was like, Jesus, I just saw arrested. And then I saw, like, what, like I said, it's just like possession of marijuana. I don't know. It's not that, like you said, every state at this point, it's legal. So, like, I don't know. To me, it's like, I feel like it just is what it is at this point. I mean, like I said, I don't expect there'd be any heat on her because like, most states it is legal at this point. Um, so whatever, I don't think like I, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. I don't think they're going to make it a big deal. So whatever, move on from that. As a return, I just feel like I, they like said I feel like realistically she's coming back soon. It would be the rumble. I just don't like you said maybe a big push. I just don't really see where it would come from. Um, I mean, it's seemingly Rhea and Becky, um, and then Oscar, not Oscar, Io and uh, Bailey theoretically as well so not sure exactly where she'd fit in um yeah i don't know maybe her and bianca if that's the route they want to go instead of charlotte Mm -hmm. i I personally would prefer stratton over over her but um i mean like i said it's just tough like they have a ton of good women i just don't know if there's like it's like a jigsaw puzzle i don't really know you'd put her in like i know alexa bliss also kind of like teased that she could be back at the rumble too it's like so then what do you do with her so they have a ton of women it just doesn't really they don't really have a lot of spots for a lot of them um don't put her in a tag team hopefully jesus christ <laughs> i know um, been there done that a lot yeah yeah exactly um so i don't know like i said i just as of right now it doesn't seem like there's a clear-cut place to put her um because it seems like the titles are kind of have like they're already rumored matches and she doesn't fit into either of those so we'll see um i i, I like i said i'm glad to see her come back i just don't really know what you do with her yeah, I know the, the obviously the set mania match would obviously have to be Becky Lynch versus Rhea Ripley for the Women's World Championship. But I said this when she first got hurt. What do you think about the possibility of her being a front runner to win the Women's Rumble? Now, I've never been like the biggest Liv Morgan fan ever, but I'm, I've become a fan of her work over the years. She's improved a lot. She's very likable. She's still very over. She can lose a million matches. People will still like Liv Morgan. Um, I don't know if she... I feel like it's lazy to do the tired, oh, you return to the Rumble and win the whole fucking thing. We see that constantly. We've seen that a lot in recent years alone. So maybe not that necessarily. Maybe you can do that in Perth, in Australia. The only issue with that, though, is that Rhea's going to be the babyface in whatever match she has on that show. I would do Rhea Ripley in the main event of that Elimination Chamber pay-per-view in Australia. I don't know if that's likely if Roman Reigns is on the show. He's not currently advertised for it. He should probably be on that show. <clears throat> I don't know if he will be. But you can do Rhea and Liv on that show for the Women's World Championship. 
Um, I, I just feel like to come back to live in Rhea would make a lot of sense, not only given their history, but also given the fact that it was Rhea who injured Liv and put her on the shelf to begin with only a couple of months ago. Yeah, no, I like that idea too, but like I said, I just feel like she'd be the heel and she's not a heel. Yeah, so, yeah. I don't know. That's I mean, like a, yeah, no, I don't. I like the idea. I just, like I said, Rhea's going to get cheered, so. Yeah. Um, don't overly love that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. I feel like, so many they like I said they have so many women they just like don't have spots for. And I feel like it just keeps going back. They like, just feel like they need to like think about like a, a women's like mid card title because I just feel like the tag belts are fucking useless. Yep. And then they have all these other women they just don't know really what to do with. So um, they kind of have like so many good women or women that are at like a certain level that they just don't use a lot of them. And like I said, the tag team stuff to me is just kind of run its course. Yeah, no, the women's tag team division. I was happy for Katana Chance and Caden Carter. We'll talk about that in the Raw review in a little bit, but uh, those belts are completely pointless. I, I would rather, much rather see, as you mentioned, a, some sort of a mid-card championship that the women can fight for across all brands, not just NXT. And it's funny because the tag titles are also supposed to be defended in NXT, but since Ronda and Shayna merged the belts, unified the championships back in Money in the Bank in July, they've only been defended in NXT once at like either Halloween Havoc or the week after Halloween Havoc with J.C. Jane and Thea Hale a few months ago, and that was it. They have not shown up on that show since. So I would do the same thing. How likely that is, I don't know. Triple H seems pretty adamant about those women's tag team titles for whatever reason, but hopefully at some point they can move in a different direction with those belts. I will talk about the Omega news on the AEW portion a little bit later on because that also happened on Friday with him announcing that he's injured. But also on Friday night, obviously SmackDown, a pretty eventful, entertaining two-hour show. Carmelo Hayes making his in-ring debut on the blue brand, knocking off Grayson Waller in the first round of the United States Championship number 1 Contenders Tournament. A really good showing for the former NXT champion, North American champion, uh, going on to face Kevin Owens on Friday night. I know they already taped that show. I haven't read the spoilers. That'll happen tomorrow night. I assume Owens advances. Um, But what do you think, not only of Carmelo Hayes' debut last week, but in addition to that, his ceiling on SmackDown, his ceiling in WWE, is a smaller size going to cost him opportunities? Will he have the same level of success, you think, on the main roster as he has so far in NXT? Um, it's tough. I mean, I think I think right off the bat, I would say he's probably going to be in a... If I was going to guess, I'd say he's probably slated for more of a mid-card kind of level. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's good. They just have so many guys that I'd, I think are just... I just, it's tough because I just feel like I said, I feel like they have so many people that I, I would rather see at a world championship level than him currently um, that they're not even putting there. So I feel like putting him in front of them just to me doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, but I think like off the bat, obviously, I think once he starts going, I feel like a mid-card title would definitely be um, his start. I mean, I guess he could eventually get to the main event level. I just, like I said, I feel like there's so many other people I'd rather see at that point right now that... I would, I would just say mid-card for now. Yeah, I think you... Uh, yeah, maybe not the main event level. I mean, having two championships at the top obviously helps between Raw and SmackDown, the women's... Or the, not the women's, but the World Heavyweight Championship and the uh, Universal Championship, WWE title, whatever you want to call it. So, I think the United States Championship picture, whenever he does come up, I think he has a higher ceiling to me. As much as I like the guy, Cameron Grimes, uh, we have barely seen him on SmackDown since he was called up in the spring, and when we have seen him, he's done jobs. He really hasn't won a lot of matches. They currently see him at a certain level. Carmelo Hayes is better than that. I think he can have a higher ceiling of the mid-card status for right now when he does get called up. It should not be anytime soon. They still have yet to have him turn on Trick Williams, which has got to be coming. I mean, we're so close to it. 
It's probably going to be happening in New Year's Evil. Um, that edition of NXT in two weeks. And then you can do the match either at Vengeance Day or Mania Weekend or both. Do the rematch over Mania Weekend. A lot of different possibilities there. But I assume he'll probably in arguably should be a post-Mania call-up. And I know they kind of moved away from that and calling up everyone up calling everyone up at once. Maybe they call him up in the draft and not have him show up on the post-WrestleMania SmackDown. But, yeah, I, I think he does have a higher ceiling. The guy's great. He is a smaller guy, so they might work against him like a Tyler Bate. But he's got the charisma and the character, I think, to make it work. And it sounded like he really connected with the audience when he showed up on Friday night. But on that same show, AJ Styles making his grand return to SmackDown. Uh, not only attacking Roman Reigns, though, the man... I mean, he didn't put him on the shelf, Solo Sokoa did, but also attacking L.A. Knight, the man who stepped up in A.J.'s absence to get a shot of the championship back at Crown Jewel. So kind of like a tweener A.J. Styles for those that followed him in TNA towards the end, the evil ways, lone wolf A.J. Styles, which was one of my, if not my favorite incarnation of A.J. Styles. Um, I think bringing that to SmackDown is really interesting because I thought him coming back just as a straightforward babyface would have been fine, but more of the same. People probably... I mean, they would care, but it just wouldn't really be interesting. So, what were your thoughts on AJ coming back the way that he did on SmackDown and how he was uh, introduced? Yeah, I liked it. Like I said, at first I was like, oh, God. I feel like, like you said, we're going to get like the same like kind of plucky babyface AJ. I'm like, just feel like they had so many. It just feel like what they did with him, like I said, kind of turning out LA Knight, getting that, like, like you said, end of TNA, like darker AJ. Still kind of a babyface, but like a tweener in there. I like that more than just him being a babyface. It's so clogged up with top baby face on SmackDown, I feel like it was just the right move, and I actually really enjoyed it. I mean, the entire company, and we've talked about it before, but if you have AJ as a straightforward babyface right now, he is behind Orton, Punk, Rollins, Zane when he comes back from his mini-hiatus vacation, um, Jey Uso, obviously, LA Knight, I mean, even Cody. Kevin Owens. Who'd you say? Cody. Cody as well, obviously. There's so many top baby faces over Kevin him. Owens. I mean, they have so LA Seriously, Knight. They have LA so Knight, yeah. many fucking baby faces. I'm fine. He's probably like eighth on the list, and he shouldn't be because AJ is great, and I want to see them do more with him. So as opposed to, he's not going to be higher than them on the list just because he's been around for so long, doing the same thing, switching it up and going in a different direction, maybe going heel at some point, just not yet. I mean, the match with Roman's got to happen. I don't know if they are going to do it. But we'll see what they do with the Rumble. I feel like a four-way would make sense. We'll get a better idea tomorrow. But I thought the way they uh, brought him back on Friday was great. I don't know how that affects the rest of the OC. Can't really say I care. Can't imagine many other people care. <laughs> I love Meechin. I think she's great. The OC itself, who gives a fuck. Gallows, Anderson, been there, done that. They, they their, their goose was cooked years ago. Um, you know, no disrespect to them, but they just don't have a lot of value at this point to WWE in terms of being an, I mean, it, it spoke volumes that AJ was injured for as long as he was earlier this year, and they hardly used Gallows and Anderson. They were kept off of TV until AJ came back, which goes to show they really don't have a lot of value to that tag team division. Um, but we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm looking forward to seeing what he could do on SmackDown. The Roman Reigns thing writes itself. LA Knight still having unfinished business with the Bloodline. You got the Orton story as well, so... SmackDown's kind of simmering right now with some good stories heading into the new year. And I think, I haven't looked at the SmackDown spoilers, but I said this on Hashtag yesterday. From what I understand, that first SmackDown of the new year is going to be New Year's Revolution. And you know, Mr. Marceau, I fucking complained to you and complained on, on Twitter at the time, saying, how the fuck do you not make day one, that pay-per-view that we got at the beginning of 2022, how do you not call that New Year's Revolution? And it's not a big thing to complain about, but it bothered me. And now we're getting it back in two weeks, so I can uh, stop complaining now, you know? <laughs> So you can mop up the tears now. <laughs> they heard my complaints, and they're just like, we'll shut this guy the fuck up and just bring back the show for one week as an edition of SmackDown. 
Um, but we're getting day one on that first Monday of 2024. That is in two weeks. The Christmas show, I assume, is just the best of show. They advertise stuff, obviously, for that first SmackDown of the new year. They're advertising stuff for NXT even next week in New Year's Evil. I don't think there's a Raw, though. I don't think there's a Raw. So we technically got, or we definitely did, get our final live Raw of 2023 on Monday. And honestly, overall, I thought it was a really, really good show. Um, highlighted, I'll be all over the place here, but the best part of the show for me was, in ring-wise, The Miz and Gunter for the Intercontinental Championship. I thought they went in there and killed it. The stipulation was, if Miz lost, he can no longer contend for the championship as long as Gunter is champion. Uh, so that's the stipulation in play because he lost here. But I thought they went in there and had an even better match than they, they, than they did at Survivor Series. And Miz going in there having probably one of his best matches ever, honestly, if not in a very long time. Uh, what were your thoughts in the matchup and uh, Miz's performance specifically? Because Gunther always delivers, but Miz, you know, himself, he's great, but he really hasn't had the, the, the best the last couple of years. No, I thought this, like you said, it was a really good match. I, I mean, definitely the best match of the night. Um, really liked what we had here. I kind of had a gut feeling that Miz might win, but I'm glad he didn't. Yeah. Um, but no, I thought it was a really good match. I feel like it just kind of outlined Gunther's full year, just and and just like just ended it on a huge high note. He started with the high note in the Royal Rumble, just had a kind of a, just an overall great year. So good to see the Miz in a great match. I kind of wish he would get away from more of the goofy stuff. I feel like that's kind of happened the last couple of weeks. Um, but no, I thought this was a really really good match. Yeah, I mean, I, I assume it's probably the peak of his push as far as he's not going back after the Intercontinental Championship, and he shouldn't. Um, but I, I don't see him ascending back to the main event level as a babyface or as a heel. He'll probably go back to doing the comedy crap. Um, but straightforward babyface Miz of what we got here was great, and I wish we would see that more often. We'll talk more about Gunther next week because a strong argument can be made for him being the wrestler of the year, and I would not be upset if he won that poll in our awards next week. We'll talk about it next week here on the show. But I thought they went in there and had a really good match. But it was also eventful on Monday night because we had new WWE Women's Tag Team Champions crowned in Katana Chance and Caden Carter. Now, those titles mean nothing. We talked about that before. But listen, they're an actual team. They've been around for a very long time. If you include their NXT stint, they were called up earlier this year. We're barely on the show because they didn't really give a shit about their tag team division. They weren't. It wasn't their time yet, but it was their time on Monday. They captured the championships and had their little moment. And now we're getting... Uh, like anyone could possibly care. I, I don't like the women involved, but Tegan and Natalia versus Shayna and uh, Zoe in a couple weeks. It's like, it's just the same teams. Wash, rinse, and repeat with this women's tag team division. But I thought it was a cool moment, though, if nothing else, right? Cool moment. Um, like you said, I just, for them specifically, I just feel like they are just like, they're what the division is meant for, but pretty much there's no other team that's like them. Like, they're strictly tag team. Yeah. Um, I don't think either of them I could see at this point or probably ever like as a single um so like it was a big moment for them but i just feel like you like you said and i mentioned before i just like i just think the makeshift tag teams don't really do much for a lot of people like okay now we're gonna get zoe and Shayna. who i mean i like what they were doing with zoe before and now they're just kind of thrusting on a tag team because they have nothing for her to do um, Shayna beat Ronda <laughs> really hasn't done much sense nope and then we have natalia who just won't go away and they're seemingly pushing Tegan, but she's still stuck in this, like, makeshift tag team. So, I mean, not that, like, anyone will care, should care. Um, I just I feel like this stuff, to me, kind of points out why they need something else for the women to go after. Because I like these most of these women a lot better as a single than a tag team. 
Yeah, I mean, I, Katana, Chance, and Caden Carter, I feel bad for in the sense that, like you said, if they were to get rid of those tag team titles, they're done. I mean, they would just be on that show doing jobs for other people in singles competition because I just, I, I think they're good, but there are so many other women on both shows and even NXT that are better than they are on their own. So I guess it's nice to give them a little run before they inevitably, I think the end game here is, I watched this and I was happy for them, but I couldn't help but think, the sole reason why they were given the tag titles here is because they're just going to turn around and lose them to the Kabuki Warriors in the next month or two, which is probably the way to go if they want to add some more heat to this damage control story. I mean, again, the tag titles mean nothing. So giving them the tag titles also, again, means nothing. But it's probably the way to go if they want to tell the story of damage control having all the gold, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it makes sense. But like you said, I just I don't overly love the idea, but it makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's something that gives Austin... It nothing. I guess that's my complaint. They don't mean anything, <laughs> so, like, you can put them on the Kabuki Warriors, but, like, Asuka and Kyrie are better than that, so... Yeah. That's the problem at the end of the day. It gets them on television, I guess, is the only thing. They're gets, already on TV! It gives them something to fight for, I guess, because they're not going for Kyrie style. <laughs> they're not going for you, but it doesn't style. mean much. I don't know. No, it means uh, nothing. It means nothing. It's better than having nothing, I guess. I don't know. If they mean nothing, is it really that much better? I don't know. It's like, what came first, the, the, the fucking chicken or the egg? Because they just don't mean anything, so what's the point of having them? But, um, you know, a mid-card championship would help with that. But that's a New Year's resolution for WWE in 2024 that they're probably not going to listen to. But it is a fine idea, though. Um, the only other championship match on the show, we got those two. And then also in the main event, the Creed Brothers challenging the Judgment Day for the undisputed WWE Tag Team titles. A very good main event. I honestly thought, and we talked about it here on the show in the last couple of weeks, I honestly thought there was a pretty good chance that the Creeds could win here and become the champs. They did not, though they did look good in defeat. I don't know what the... I st it's been three days. I still do not know what happened with that finish. They won, and then Julius Creed kicked out at, like, 3.2. I don't know... If, I don't think they were supposed to kick out, but then, like, why the fuck did he do that? I don't know if his bell was rung or something. I'm not sure. And then Damian Priest looked pissed. He chucks Julius Creed out of the ring. <laughs> it was just bizarre, dude. But the actual match was really good, though. Yeah, I thought it was a really good match. Like I said, the ending definitely confusing. Um, but I think, like you said, the Creeds look good here. I thought when Chance and Carter won, there was a good chance they weren't going to win, and they didn't. Um, but I, thought, I like what they've done with them. I feel like they should take the belts off Priest and Balor the next time they face them. They lose again. We kind of get in the point of they're just losers, and what do you do with them next? I like them a lot, but, I mean, they're not going to go for any singles goals, so if they lose again. What do you really do with them, and what's the point of building them up? So, I like the match. They should win the belts next time they face off. The problem, kind of with the men, too, just really isn't a ton of interesting tag teams. Yeah. Um, I just, I don't know. I just feel like it's a lot of single guys mixed up, besides the Creeds. Um, so, yeah. Well, I mean, so, I like the Creeds. If the Creeds do win the belts, I would be happy for them, because they are a great team, and, and it's cool. They've so far been booked well as a tag team on the Raw roster. That being said, though, it's funny you say that, because I was just about to ask. We've talked about this before, as far as the end game here with Balor and Priest as tag team champions. Priest still has the briefcase. I don't think that comes into play at any point in the next three or four months until after WrestleMania. He can hold on to that until July if he wants to, until the next Money in the Bank pay-per-view, which is what I would do. We've never seen that before, where someone holds it for a full calendar year. Maybe he cashes in on the Money in the Bank pay-per-view itself against CM Punk or Rollins or whoever. Probably Punk. Um, that's what I would do. So in the meantime, really, their sights are set on the tag titles. 
if they lose the tag titles before Mania, I don't really know what you do with the Judgment Day and Mania. And I think they should be at WrestleMania. I don't even know if Dominic's going to be wrestling on the card this year, which is a bummer because he's gotten really over. He's a great heel. He's had a great last year as the NXT North American champion, doing his stuff with Ray and whatnot, and the Judgment Day as well. Um, I, we'll get to him in a moment. But with Balor and Priest, you can get them on the show by having them hold on to the tag team titles until WrestleMania and then losing them, having them lose those titles to someone else. Unless they break up before then and it's Balor and Priest, which would be fine, but I feel like that's the same thing that they're probably going to do with Bailey and EO, and I wouldn't copy that same story. Um, what I was going to say originally was, I think you could have DIY be the team to dethrone them at WrestleMania. But what would you do? You, you're saying the Creed's. Would you do that before Mania or save that for Mania? And also, would you be opposed to DIY being that team instead? I wouldn't be opposed to it, but I just feel like the Creeds would need... Like I said, if they... They just can't lose again for the titles, I guess. Like I said, from then, what do you do with them? They lose again. It's like, okay, then what? Like, it's not like they can do anything else. I mean, I'm not. I'm fine with DIYs. I want to beat Priest and Balor. But I just, like I said, I also feel like... If the Creeds, the Creeds can't go for the belt again and lose. Because at that point, they'd lost twice. And then what do you really do with them? I mean, they could just challenge whoever the, who the actual champions are. I mean, you could say the same thing for DIY, though. They If the Creeds become champions, what do you do with them? I know they're two singles guys, but they're also an actual tag team. I would yeah, say. I don't know. I just feel like, like you said, they're at least they're singles, and you could do something else with them. With, D, with Creeds, they're strictly a tag team. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you have a good, if you have a strong enough division, which they don't. Although they've added more, they, they they've added more teams to give them credit. You can do other non-title feuds. I mean, I know you didn't really care about it, but they did do Alpha Academy versus Viking Raiders for a while, and they had some good, <laughs> and they had some good matches. So I mean, I would if it was interesting enough, I would be okay with it. It shouldn't just be because I want them to have a lo- like the profits are the profits have got to be. I don't think there's any argument. Far and away the best called up tag team ever from NXT. I mean, if there's any other like the Usos don't count. Those were they were SCW. <laughs> oh yeah, they're close. <laughs> they're a close second, all right. They're a close second. Oh, that was good. That made me laugh. I think you may. I think you meant to say the Vaude Villains. <laughs> no, the Ascension. Were the, the Ascension lasted longer than the fucking Vaude Villains did um, in WWE in the main roster. But with the Creeds, I feel like if they won the belts and then lost them, they would immediately just break them up. And they, I think they do have honestly bright features on their own. But I would drag this out for a while because Ivy Nile being a part of the group also has a lot of potential. Um, I would hold out on their big moment. I think DIY should get their moment before they do, in my opinion. No, no. I mean, I, I just, I don't know. I just feel like they lose again. It's just, it's just gonna come off as like they're just not good enough. And oh, they shouldn't. I, I, I wouldn't do the match a second time. I, no, it, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would. I like. I'm fine with them not winning it right now or not being the ones that beat them. I just don't want them to challenge again and lose. So I just no, I agree that with that. Kind of dead. I agree with that. I would. Because, yeah, that would just establish them as losers. You have to find another team. If it is DIY at Mania, you got to find another team in the meantime to challenge for them. Don't really know who that would be. Maybe Elf Academy, but the problem there is that if they're going to do Gable and Gunther, and we don't know that. I'm just saying that because I think it makes the most sense. you got to start racking up wins for Chad Gable. He's a guy like... We, we, we talk about it a lot. Jay Uso finally won on the show, by the way. We talked about it last week. The guy never wins on his own. He won here against Ludwig Kaiser. Uh, Chad Gable's a guy where he's great, but he's not Jay Uso in the sense where he's not over enough. We're not winning matches is uh, really an option to get to that level. He's got to win first. He's got to feel like a threat. Jay Uso got that World Heavyweight Championship opportunity a couple of weeks ago, and he felt like a threat even though he hasn't won in months on his own. 
Chad Gable would not be because he's not at that level yet and he's not that over. Um, he would need to rack up wins first. So I don't know if Alpha Academy makes sense because they should probably be doing their own thing with Chad right now. It's interesting. I think Royal Rumble season will be focused on the Rumble itself when we come back in 2024. Heading into the Rumble from Chamber will be interesting because it's like how do you really fill the time with Judgment Day at that point. But I mean, again, going off of that, to mention what I uh, brought up before, Dominic Mysterio is honestly, I didn't put him in the poll for like best wrestler of the year. I don't think he would win. Um, but like as far as MVP though, dude, I mean, this guy's been having matches on Raw, SmackDown, and NXT. He held the NXT North American Championship on and off for five months. Did this stuff with Ray that was great. Uh, Judgment Day has really held Raw together for the past 12 months, really since the uh, draft in the spring. And also, he's kind of uh, being rewarded in a sense and where he's re-signed to the company apparently for five years. So, congrats to Dominic. I think he's... Uh, we we got to acknowledge him as having one of the better years in WWE in 2023. No, yeah, definitely. I think besides Gunther, I feel like he's had probably the best... Yeah, I don't know if it's the best year, but like definitely all over the show. He's had starting to get better in the ring. The character work's been good. Um, I mean, I, I don't really know who else you'd say really. Like I said, maybe Gunther as a full overall year, but from where he came to where he is now, I mean, you would say he went a full 360 in the right direction. Seriously. So, um, no, I, I think, like I said, besides, I feel like Gunther just had such a great year, it'd be hard to fight against that. But yeah. someone kind of coming from nothing to something, I mean, I, I would say like Dominic, Jay, um, I'd put Ellie Nutt on that list, too. Years, Dominic, Jay, I'm trying to think who else, kind of like, I'd say well, LA Knight, honestly. Big, but like, he kind of like broke out on his own, which was huge. Yeah. Um, trying to think who else. I mean, Sammy also had a really good year like on his own. I mean, him and Kevin, but like, I feel like he's just super over, too. Yeah. But no, I mean, Dominic's had a great year. I don't think anyone can argue that. I would put in that conversation, as far as people that went from something to nothing, I would put LA Knight in there, too. LA Knight as well, yep, definitely. Um, I would say those four specifically yeah. come to mind. Like, we kind of broke off on their own. They're just doing amazing work. Yeah, I think Dominic even more impressive than any of those other guys because Jay obviously was always was always great, as was LA Knight, but they never really got the opportunity to do something on their own until this year. Dominic was not that good. I mean, he wasn't terrible at the beginning of this year. Maybe two or three years ago, he wasn't great at all. I mean, we talked about it. The idea of a Mysterio feud two years ago, we, we it's on the show. I mean, it's in the archives. Did not interest me at all. Any Any... Like, even Dominic turning heel, I thought, this is going to be goofy as fuck. I mean, this kid is just... I don't want to say cringy, but it's just, it would not have been believable. He was not believable as a heel. Joining Judgment Day was the best thing that could have ever happened to him. And I'm glad he's getting his just due and re-signing for five years. Uh, Ray as well, I had seen, I think, re-signed for five years. The guy's already 48 or something. So, I mean, he's re-signing well into his 50s. I don't know what he's going to be doing for the next five years. I thought he was nearing retirement a year or two ago. Um, but that's that's a good sign. Charlotte re-signing. It seems like they're really trying to lock down everyone in new deals in 2024 so they don't have to enter free agency. Yeah, no, you got to get the books uh, tied up and uh, butter, your bread or, butter your bread. I mean, Ray's a little shocking. He's at five years. I mean, the guy has no knees left. One of the biggest Ramos Stewart mark of all time, but five years, I mean, don't know how smart that one is. Maybe they front-loaded that contract or something, but... Uh, no, Dominic got one, which is well-deserved. I think Becky and Seth are coming up soon. Yep. They should both get decent raises in the long-term deal. Charlotte makes sense. Fortunately, she just got injured, but uh, definitely makes sense to keep her ink down. Um, but no, I mean, especially with the new company, similar to going over their books, it makes sense to start signing people to long deals. That makes sense creatively. 
we can save my favorite segment, as you know, making predictions. Uh, my, the annual predictions that we make, which are always, for me, I never get any of them right. I, I can't make predictions. I'm not that creative. But we'll save that stuff for two weeks from now. But just on that same subject of something that we'll probably talk about at that point, do you think there's any scenario where Rollins and Becky do not come to a new deal with WWE? I, I, I mean, I think there is. I'm not saying they wouldn't. But I'm just saying anyone that automatically assuming that they're staying... After the year that we've had in WWE, in the last couple of years with Cody leaving AEW or Edge leaving WWE, which I never thought would be the case, and Punk coming back, I, I mean, I know we say it all the time, but never say never. I, I think they do stay, um, but I think they're going to have to be offered a big bag to stay, even though they don't, I mean, they're, they're worthy of it. And I think I feel like they're willing to accept whatever they're already making, but if they know they can make more money, why wouldn't you hold out for more money from WWE, if that makes sense? If I'm them. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. I just think with a lot of people, especially them, they're still in their prime. I I just feel like they've had so... And I think I guess the same thing you could say with Sasha Banks. Like, I just feel like, yeah, they could leave, but it's just like, it's just not the same. Like, they have all that equity and all that name built up with the name that they have now. Like, they would have to change their name and then wouldn't, like, they're all the equities built in the name. I mean, I guess that's how WWE kind of gets you. It's like the, all the equity and all the fame is built off the name they give you. And then once you leave, you can't take it with you most of the time. Yeah. I just feel like with Rollins and Becky specifically, I mean, they are getting older. I mean, I think this is probably one of their last probably big deals they'll get. I mean, obviously they might stay longer, but like, I mean, they're in their mid to late thirties. Um, I mean, Becky, you know, they have a kid. I don't know if they're looking to have more down the line. Um, but no, I, I mean, it's definitely possible. I just feel like, with them, they're already they're such a big name star. It's not like they're like they're in they're in the title. Like Seth's the champion, Becky's going for the title. I feel like it's not like they're being washed out. I'd be I'd be very surprised if they didn't resign. What about Drew McIntyre? Because his contract's coming up in early 2024. We've heard that story since WrestleMania weekend, almost a year ago. This has been going on as far as will he resign? Is he leaving? Blah blah blah. The time that he took off apparently was tacked on, so his deal does not expire until we don't have an end date, but probably early 2024. Honestly, the longer that we go without him re-signing makes me think that he is... I said this on hashtag, but it makes me think, based on the promo he cut on the show, which, by the way, was great, because I feel like there was a lot of truth in what he said about, you know, not being able to see family, missing birthdays and shit, which is comes with the territory when you're... Especially, especially in WWE, but in pro wrestling, but especially WWE, because they never really give you time off. Um, but he's done that for long enough, and he's had success for long enough, and he kind of maybe even knows that if he stays right now, he might not be at the top of the mountain with Punk coming back, Orton coming back, all these other people getting hot. Before he turned heel, Drew was great, but he was having a fucking WrestleMania match with Baron Corbin about a year ago. This year, he had the match with Gunter and Sheamus, which was great. And he's always been a big star for them, but he might see the lay of the landscape right now in all the companies, especially AEW, and think, maybe not going there, my ultimate prediction is that I think he's going to take time off from WWE and maybe come, probably come back, but I think he might also realize that if I go to AEW, it might make WWE want me more. So, I don't know. What, what's your prediction for what we could see happening with Drew in, in the new year? It's tough with Drew specifically. I mean, I think... The problem is, like you said, I feel like he's in a good spot, but it's just like... It's tough because I don't think he's going to win the championships. And then it's like, what do you do with him then? And it's like, if he's not at the title level, like he's not facing good there. It's tough. I feel like he's done so much. And not like he, I think they should let him go. But I think, like you said, I don't think he needs to resign. Honestly, he could go away for a little bit and come back. 
Um, I don't know, just like right now in the interim, I just don't really know what you do with him. I mean, hopefully eventually when Roman loses the belt, they'll give another viable option. He can go to SmackDown. Um, but I mean, I, I think, like you said, or like he could just resign and they figure something out. But I think he ultimately stays. I mean, I think it's tough because like you said, I feel like there's so many people also getting hot right now. He doesn't really have like a set spot like him and Seth right now, but I don't think he's going to beat Seth. So then what do you do with him from there? Um, I like Drew a lot. I just, it's one of those things I just don't see him like in the creative direction. I'm thinking about it. Like, where do you line him up right now? They have a ton of baby faces. I just don't think if he's not going for a title, I don't really know who he'd face right now. Um, maybe Sammy and then Sammy would beat him, I assume. Um, but no, I like Drew a lot. I just feel like right now he's kind of in a weird predicament. Maybe go, like I said, how can I miss if you don't go away? Maybe he goes away for a little bit and comes back. I don't see him going to AEW. It just doesn't. I don't know. He feels like a WWE guy, um, so I don't see that happening. Um, but like I said, maybe maybe goes and kind of gets a bit like goes there to get a bigger deal from WWE and ultimately comes back. But I think for him alone, like maybe taking some decent amount of time off would uh, freshen him up a little bit. Yeah, and I, I don't think he would complain about getting that time off and spending time with family or whatever. But uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like if you were to go to AEW, I'm sure he has friends there. I know he has friends there, but. He just wouldn't get the same spotlight that he would in WWE with the two brands, and I know WWE is just a bigger company, obviously. There's just so many people already on that roster, as we say all the time, that they're not really doing much with. He's not coming in and right away going to be the guy for them or a guy for them when they already have a lot of people in that conversation. He might go with the World Championship once and then end up on Collision. I don't know. I mean, not that they, not that AEW needs two World Championships. That kind of separates them from WWE in that way. I just don't really see him being the guy over there. Adam Copeland is one thing. He's not remotely a main eventer for them, and he hasn't been since he showed up. But he's different because he's kind of like what... He's not even what Punk was, because Punk was more on the show more, and he was wrestling regularly. Edge is like a part-time legend for them. Drew would have to be a full-time, every-week-on-the-show type of guy. Um, and I don't know if he would get that same spotlight in, in AEW. In WWE, it's funny because they're coming up on his contract and it's kind of like, you know, what do we do with him right now? Or like, is he worth the money we're going to pay him? I think the answer is yes. Because even though his future is not certain as far as, you know, what where he's going next and what his contract stat, you know, situation is and whatever, he's doing the best work of his career right now and he's probably one of the best parts of Raw as well. So, I mean, I know you mentioned where does he fall in the pecking order in WWE if he stays? I think he makes sense as a top heel. I think once Roman loses that championship on SmackDown, he can go back to SmackDown. Hopefully it's Cody that beats Roman. I mean, we can't have another fucking six months of this bullshit, although we there's a distinct possibility that we could. If Cody takes the title, who could be the guy that beats Cody for that championship, given their history and whatnot? I think there's... If he stays, and I think he should, maybe taking time off, but when he comes back, he should be one of their top heels because he fits that role so well. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. Like I said, I think... Obviously, with Raw, if you lose a Rollins again, I just don't know exactly where he goes in. But if, Rollins, like you said, Roman finally does lose the belt, I think him and Cody, like, SummerSlam time would be great. I said it last week. I don't really think there's a... I'll ask you again. I, I would not mind seeing him beat Rollins for that World Heavyweight Championship on the New Year's Day edition of Raw in two weeks. I just feel like him getting a short run with it. Because if he loses, like you said, what do you do with him from there? Does Sami Zayn come back and cost him the championship? Maybe. Does he go in the Rumble? Yeah, but he's not winning it. 
Um, I, I don't know. He's got to win a big match. I mean, he's won on Raw recently, but like win a big pay-per-view match. He lost at SummerSlam, lost at Crown Jewel, lost at Survivor Series. This isn't a pay-per-view match coming up, but it would be a world title. Get one more world title run before he takes time off. I wouldn't be opposed to that personally. No, I'm fine with that. Like I said, just get him a quick one. I feel like, yeah, I agree. They're really, really stacking up that show. They got Becky Lynch versus Nia Jackson that first show. Women's World Championship match between Rhea Ripley and uh, Ivy Nile, the women's tag team match that they mentioned earlier. Don't know if CM Punk's on that show. I don't think he will be. Otherwise, they would have said something. I'm not sure why he's not on that show, but he should be back soon, I would think. Um, but speaking of Becky and Nia, your thoughts on the feud so far? We talked about it when it first started a few weeks ago. But I think so far they've, they've done well by it in keeping Becky busy. It's a logical story to do, and they're having their first match in their first Raw of the New Year. I mean, Nia's Nia, but I think they've used her well so far, and this is a story that makes sense. No, I like it so far. Like I said, I think what they're doing with Becky right now is nice. Uh, what they're doing Nia is good. I feel like they built her up. She hasn't lost yet. Um, makes sense storyline-wise. They've never faced off the whole broker face to make her a star thing. Like what they did on Raw. Like I said, I think it's another nice match. Not over a title uh, on Raw, which will be good for the show, which is, like you said, pretty stacked so far. Yeah, I mean, they're really stacking that first show, which is cool to see. Uh, you would think maybe they might do Cody Rhodes and Shinsuke Nakamura again on that show. They're not. Um, they're probably going to save that. I mean, I know for a fact they're saving that for another time because they're not doing it on that show. They could announce it before then. I know on the post-Christmas MSG house show they're doing next Tuesday, um, which is in five days. That's crazy. Christmas is in four days. That's nuts. That they're doing Rhodes and Nakamura in a Texas Bull Rope match. I mean, I've seen other people say maybe you could do that match at the Rumble. And they could still be in the Rumble match, but maybe the argument is Cody can win that match, but he'll be so beaten up that Punk would then win the Rumble and Cody has an excuse to lose. I mean, again, I know it goes back to what you've said before. Then how do you get to Cody and Roman at WrestleMania? You can figure that out, and there are other options. Maybe not as good as winning the Rumble, but I feel like that'd be a good way to protect Cody if he doesn't win the Rumble, if it's CM Punk or someone else instead. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm fine with that. I mentioned Drew earlier being one of the best parts of the show right now, and I still stand by that. Uh, I'm curious what your thoughts on this, though, are, because I think this is also one of the better parts of the show. We already talked about the Judgment Day. This R-Truth shit, I mean, the 24-7 title stuff was awful. This R-Truth stuff since he came back has been one of the best parts of Raw. I mean, I don't think I've enjoyed... R-Truth has always been entertaining, but again, what they've done to them as like the undercard 24-7 crap dating back to 2019 was just so tiresome. This is the best that he's been in a very long time because he was out after they lost the... after they dropped the 24-7 title, maybe right before that is when he got hurt. Uh, we haven't seen him since. He's back now, kind of doing the Sami Zayn bloodline thing where he pretends he's a member of the group. J.D. McDonough's a goof anyway, so he beat him in the Miracle and 34th Street fight. He's not actually in the group, is our truth, um, but he pretends that he is. It's it's brought a lot of levity to the show, and it's not a serious storyline. It's not building the Finn Balor and our truth at WrestleMania, I don't think. But for what it is, keeping the show entertaining during the holidays, I think they've done a really good job of that so far. Yeah, it's good. I don't over, like you said, it's, it's fine. I don't overly love it. It's a little too goofy for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I said, I think it's better than what he was doing before with the whole 24-7 stuff. So I don't overly love it, but I don't hate it. Um, like I said, JD's a goof. I kind of liked how he lost on, on Raw. Um, but like I said, I think it's something else adding to the Judgment Day. It's like kind of like a funnier side of the Judgment Day, so I don't overly hate it, but I don't overly love it. 
One last thing on Raw. Omos's name came up in the past week from Fightful Select. People asking, where has he been? What's he up to? He's not hurt. We haven't seen him since SummerSlam in that Battle Royal that we almost thought he could win when we were there in the Slim Jim Battle Royal. He got tossed out about halfway through, thank God. He did not win the whole thing. But prior to that, we had not seen him probably since Backlash, I think, when he lost to uh, Seth Rollins. He lost to WrestleMania. He's lost a lot. I mean, it's Omos. He's just not that good, and Triple H probably knows that. Um... They're just waiting for a creative plan for him. Ivar, Ivar beat Akira Tozawa on Monday's Raw. Tozawa's been calling out Giants recently. I think that's building to Tozawa calling out Omos or doing an open challenge and Omos coming out. Um, they've been having matches recently on the house show, so that would make sense. They'll dust off Omos for that Royal Rumble match, get him chucked out by some bigger guy halfway through probably, give him the big pop and have that be it. What do you think the right role for Omos is? Because I know I said yesterday, give him, you know, have him be a heavy. I'm not saying fire the guy. I mean, utilize MVP for something else. But make Omos like a heavy for like, maybe not Bobby. Bobby sure as hell does not need him. A Grayson Waller or someone like that. Because I just, I don't know. Anything else, making him an, an attraction on his own, dusting him off every couple months, only works so often when he continues to lose every single match he has. Yeah, it's tough with him. Like I said, I feel like they've, pretty much done like his ceiling at this point with him like him and AJ was good that went too long and then him being a single never winning anything of importance getting kind of jobbed out every time he gets brought back but like you said I think honestly if I was going to put him in any role you said it yesterday like just being like a heavy for Waller probably makes the most sense of anyone on the roster currently um I feel like that's just the only role he's really good at like he's just not good enough in the ring that I want to see him on like a singles run but like being a heavy for Waller specifically makes sense yeah, I think Waller could use him, or a theory, or someone like that. Uh, actually, Grayson Waller did have a heavy in Sanga at one point in NXT. I mean, I completely forgot about that until now, about a year and a half ago. That did not last long. It was very short-lived. Didn't really need the heavy. Did Grayson Waller at that point, maybe on the main roster now, we could use Omos to get heat. Someone like that, I don't know, um, would probably be the best role for Omos post-Royal Rumble, when you know inevitably he's in that matchup, either as a surprise entrant or they announce him ahead of time. You know it's coming, so don't be disappointed when he does show up in the not-too-distant future. On the AW front, it was announced last Friday that Kenny Omega will be out indefinitely with diverticulitis. I think is how you pronounce it. I always botch that. Brock Lesnar was out with that. That's how I know about it, um, that disease or illness or whatever. From, I think, 2009, 2010, I think. He was out from 2010 to late 2011. Came back and lost in like a minute, and that was his last ever UFC fight until 2016. Um, it shouldn't be. It could have been more serious had he waited longer. Apparently, which is pretty scary. But apparently, he's okay. They said out indefinitely, so don't think he's on the new World's End show. I think that's safe to say. In the tag team title match, Jericho almost turned heel last night when he said, "Oh yeah, the Golden Jets will be waiting for you when you get back." I mean, I fucking hope not. That shit was terrible. So, um, don't want to call this a blessing in disguise because Omega's health is first and foremost. Nothing really a blessing about it. Um, but it doesn't sound like he'll be out for, for too, too long. Maybe, I don't know, it could be a couple months. I don't know if it's a year. They just said indefinitely. Um, it's just another another blow to the roster, though. If MJF is hurt, Adam Cole's hurt, with him getting hurt, it's it's definitely a blow to the AW roster, I would say. Yeah, definitely. I think also, I mean, I also know that, like, it was reported that he had other, like, injuries as well. So maybe, honestly, honestly like I said, maybe it's a blessing in disguise. Like, he obviously get this figured out obviously cleared up and everything but maybe he can address those other injuries that he's had i know like that's been reported that he's had other smaller injuries that he hasn't he's kind of like put on the back burner so honestly at this point if he's out with uh, the diverticulitis like you said i think i think you just go all the way and just make sure he's 100 percent when he gets back because 
I mean, yeah, this can be resolved and he can come back, but if he still has other nagging injuries, I think it's just – I'd rather just get him fully healthy to come back than kind of rush it back like they've done with Danielson, who's been, like, constantly injured. Yeah, they did the same thing with Omega two years ago when he took time off, and he was gone for about a year, and then he got suspended, and then he came back, and then he lost it to Keshka, and he was off TV for a little while, or after Double or Nothing, I think. I mean, he's been on and off for a while. I mean, that's what happens when you put your body through the ringer, especially at his level for the last number of years. Um, shit like that is bound to happen. It's just terrible time for AW when they continue to lose their top talent. Thunder Rosa being back, or coming back on Collision is cool, but losing MJF is still there for now. We don't really know what his status is. I know they advertised the match for him next week on Dynamite against the Masked Men. Who could possibly care? Um, but Adam Cole being hurt doesn't help. Omega being hurt doesn't help. Hopefully that can be fixed soon and they're not out for too 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 much longer. But um, that's indefinite right now. We, we really don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's off the show. World's End, looking at that pay-per-view card, are there any matches you expect to be added? I mean, that got taken off. So I think so far we got the Continental Classic Finals. Christian Cage and Adam Copeland probably will be added as of Saturday's collision. And then the main event, the pay-per-view's next weekend, dude. We'll talk about the pay-per-view next weekend, but to only have three advertised matches as of right now for a show that you know is probably going to have, like, 12 is is pretty ridiculous, but also nothing new for AEW. No, I mean, this is normal. Um, I mean, I really guess it just depends on what happens with the Continental Classic, the winners. I feel like... You mentioned before, maybe do Swerve and Moxley again, depending on how the bracket rolls out. Uh, and then th- maybe that's how Swerve gets his win back. But besides that, I, I don't really see anything else I could really think of. Like I said, I'm looking at it right now. I mean, Tony Storm versus Riho, I, yeah. I, I yeah. guess. Um, like I said, maybe Copeland and Cage again. Um, but nothing really else I could think of at the top of my head. Who's even the tag team champ? Oh, Big Bill. Well, that's canceled. Never mind. Yeah. Um, who's the TBS champion? Uh, Julia Hart. I don't yeah. even know what she's doing. I mean, her and Abaddon—they're um, they're feuding. Abaddon's back on the on the show. Yeah, I don't know. It's, so. Like I said, it's kind of normal, but it, with with the show a week away, it's pretty bad. There's only three announced matches. Yeah, actually, I mean, two announced matches because we don't even know what the third one is. Exactly. Exactly. Um, Swerve and Moxley is what I would do. I mean, I said that last week, and what I said they would do or should do is exactly what they did do in having Swerve win his match on Wednesday last night, the Holiday Bash show, and then John Moxley lost his match. So now Jay White, Moxley, and Swerve all have 12 points, and they're going to face off in a triple threat. Because they could have sworn they said last week that, oh, whoever has the most amount of points most recently will it... I don't know, whatever the fuck they said. There I, was, I honestly saw something on their website that said something like that. It was like, if there's a tie, something like... Um, Some dumb bullshit like that, It was like yeah. something about a tie would lead to like whoever won recently would be advanced, but obviously they cleared that up. Thank God. This makes way more sense. Just have all the people that have the same amount of points face off in a multi-man match. I mean, it won't be a four-way because that's just impossible mathematically, but what they did here makes the most sense, and it prevents one of these guys from being pinned next week on the show. I would put Jay White in the finals. Moxley doesn't need to be in the finals. Swerve can do other stuff. Swerve planted the seeds last night for a future feud of MJF. But it's funny because they planted the seeds for that. They could be doing Swerve and um, Moxley, is what I mentioned, is what you just mentioned as well. That's what I would do to give him his win back, to kind of make sense of that loss. Although, they don't really need to make sense of it. They, they did that because they wanted them all to be tied, and you couldn't have them be tied unless he lost at least one match, because they all lost one match to each other. So he's got Moxley, hopefully at World's End, MJF on the back burner, Adam Page, they can go back to at any point down the road. I wouldn't do that anytime soon, but down the road you could do that. 
But what they might be doing instead, interestingly enough, teased on Collision last week, is Swerve against Keith Lee. Now, this is the match that we should have gotten a year ago. But Keith Lee beat Shane Taylor at Ring of Honor Final Battle and said that's not the guy I was talking about and didn't say he was talking about Swerve, but he told Brian Cage on Collision, tell your guy that I'm coming after him or something like that. Obviously talking about Swerve. So I mentioned MJF. I mentioned... You know, uh, John Moxley. I mentioned all these other guys for Swerve, Adam Page. Keith Lee's great. We know this. We've talked about it. That match is so far removed from being a pay-per-view match. Keith Lee, maybe at some point, maybe at Revolution, dude. But, like, why would you spend so many months doing and building up that feud for a pay-per-view, not doing it on a pay-per-view, and maybe, and I don't want to complain too much because we don't know that it's happening on this show, but it looks possible that it could be. I mean, they were already doing Keith Lee and Brian Cage on Collision, I think, this week. They could have Keith Lee win there and then set up the match for next weekend. That should be a good match, but Keith Lee is so far removed from where Swerve is right now and his stock is sunk so low, it's going to take a long time to feel like, to make Lee feel like a threat to Swerve at this current point in time. Yeah, I mean, no, 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 no. I can't, I can't do it. I can't do him and... And, and and Swerve right now. He's so far ahead of Keith Lee right now. Also, like, the point to do it was, like, a year ago. Why are we going back to this? Keith Lee's not even on his level. Like, no, please no. Just do it on Dynamite. Have Swerve win and move on. Honestly, at this point, like, I appreciate them going back to the feud. That sounds cool. The timing is terrible. Swerve is already on a bigger and better things. Why are we going back to something that should have been done a year ago, six months ago, eight months ago? I mean, come on. It's it's ridiculous. When Swerve was doing nothing for the longest time, you couldn't have done it at Revolution 2022, or 2023, rather. Come on. Give me a break. Um, but they did plant the seeds, like I said, for Swerve and MJF. What would you do? And we'll talk about World's End next week, but we'll close out on this. If we have Swerve and MJF, that to me sounds like it could be a Revolution main event, maybe double or nothing. I personally would give the belt to Joe next weekend at World's End. I feel like you don't do Joe for a second time and have him lose for a fucking second time. I know WWE did that constantly. He lost to everyone multiple times in world title situations. I get it. AEW should be different, though. Joe's killing it. He's over. He's healthy for now. Just give him the title. I mean, the MJF thing, I think he's doing great work, but it's run its course, man. I think it's time to give Joe the belt, if only for a brief bit, or do you have MJF retain... You do the devil reveal on that show. I don't know how that's going to go. I, I think there's a lot of situ or a lot of potential directions and a lot of outcomes that are just not satisfying. But regardless, you could have MJF retain and then have Swerve, Swerve face and beat MJF at Revolution. Uh, which direction would you go in with the World Championship? Yeah, it's tough. Like I like Joe. I know I saw you talking about Joe. I mean, I just feel like with MJF specifically. I mean, like I said, depending on how injured he really is and what his contract is. I mean, he said the other day, I'm still a free agent, which, uh, who fucking knows at this point. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, theoretically, Joe should beat him. I just, I yeah, I guess that, that's where I'd go. I feel like Jay White should have been the one to beat him. They caught, clearly went in a different direction. Um, but if, at this point, Joe should beat him, like I said, he's injured. Allegedly, up, contract's up coming up. He's been the shit kicked out of him constantly. If Joe can't beat him, he might as well just retire. 
Seriously, I mean, I think Joe's been built up so well, and I feel like there's a pretty... And again, if Swerve is the ultimate outcome here and him taking the championship, then I kind of get it, but I don't like that they would be sacrificing Joe to get there. I would rather they have given this spot to someone else if Joe's just going to lose again. I feel like ending the show, ending the year, Joe new champion, it doesn't even have to be a long run, dude. Give him the belt for a little while. MJF is hurt anyway. I mean, he's not going to be... I mean, I guess he wasn't working television all the time regardless, even before the injuries. Um, as of like six months ago when he was still a heel. I get it, but I, I think it's time to switch things up. Give Joe the belt. You could save Swerve for a different point. He's ready now. I think Swerve can be a world champion in 2024, but I don't know, man. I think to end that show with another MGF win over Samoa Joe and MGF has a legitimate injury that should require him to have some time off, I would imagine, would not be the way to go. Okay, the, sh the, the show closes with the devil being revealed as Dolph Ziggler. Ooh, great way to go off the show and end the year. Who cares? I think we need to have a new world champion crowd on that show, and I think it should be Samoa Joe. If they're saving for Swerve, that's fine, but I don't think the devil stuff is enough to keep people entertained or compelled in the meantime. Yeah, I agree. Now, who do you, who, any updated prediction for the devil? Don't care, don't care, don't care. <laughs> I'm going to ask you again next week, too. I'm going to say I don't care. <laughs> Unless it's revealed. I mean, I, like, they're going for the tag belts? Who gives a shit? The Come Ring on. of Honor like, tag title, specifically. Stop! Stop <laughs> with this crap! <laughs> like, the only person that was going to be compelling would have been Punk if he resigned. Clearly, he's in WWE. At this yeah. point, they really don't give a shit. No, seriously. Punk would have been, like, the only... I think Adam Cole, to me, would have been the, another good outcome, but I think he's hurt enough to where they're not... And the only issue with that, too, is that if Adam Cole's hurt for a long time, and he is the devil that's cool... But the problem there, though, is he not getting physical for the next eight months, and then that's a problem too, I think. So. Yeah, I don't know. It's fine. I'm over at this point. Just reveal it as Jack Perry and move on. <laughs> <laughs> just reveal it and just move on in general. It's awful. It gives me Ace and Eight vibe. It it does, on, dude. Please. Dude, last night I gotta tell you that angle, the, the angle or the segment with Joe and MJF, I liked up until those guys started coming out. And they didn't just have the usual four or five masked men. Did you notice there were like ten of them that came out and started attacking them? It not only it not only gave me aces and eights vibes, it gave me vibes of that dark order angle that closed dynamite, the infamous angle that almost exactly four years ago actually, where there were like a million creepers around the ring and it dragged on for like ten minutes. That's what that reminded me of. It wasn't a long segment, but it gave me vibes of that bullshit. Yeah, I did, honestly, the creeper bullshit. <laughs> One of the worst endings in AEW history. Um, this did not close the show, but that's what it reminded me of. We'll talk more about it next week. We'll get quick world's end predictions out of the way next week, in addition to reviewing the results from the 2023 WWE AEW Year in Review Awards, 11th Annual, Match of the Year, Wrestler of the Year, Women's Match of the Year, uh, Men's Match of the Year, Tag Team of the Year, and so much more. Vote right now over at WrestleRant.com. I'm going to close the polls, ideally, late Tuesday night, early Wednesday, so get in your votes now while you still can. We'll break down the results in the final WrestleRant Radio of 2023 next week here on the show. Um, available every single week at WrestleRant.com, WrestleRantRadio.com, iTunes, Spotify, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Pandora, and Amazon Music. Rate the show, review the show, subscribe to the show, and never miss a new episode every single Thursday. Mr. Marceau, brother, have a great holiday. Head Elf himself. Uh, enjoy seeing Wonka, I'm, I'm sure, again, if you see it for a second time. Or enjoy Home Alone 1 and 2 if you watch it for another million times between now and Christmas. Can't wait. Have a great holiday, brother. I'll talk to you soon. Join Graham, GSM Matthews, and RJ Marceau every Thursday as they run down their weekly wrestling rants, offer expert analysis, host exclusive interviews, and more. 
Subscribe today on all your favorite podcast platforms and never miss an episode of Wrestle Rant Radio.